Like all men he knew, Michael drank, and when times were hard, he drank more. Nights of drinking and fighting would be followed the next day by apologies. It finally reached a climax one early morning when Michael staggered home after being in a drunken brawl to find the door blocked. Let me in, Katie, love, he said drunkenly. No. Please, it's cold out here. Not too cold to drink and fight like a fool, though. Oh, come on, let me in. Go away, Michael. I don't want you to near the children like you are. Michael pounded on the door for a few more minutes longer, finally stopping and sliding down the door as he passed out, saying, Please let me in. On the other side of the door, Katie stood sobbing. I love you, Michael Shannon. God knows I do. The next morning, Katie unblocked the door, and Michael came in looking like a beaten dog. His head pounding like a whole brass band was playing in it. Please stop Michael Jr. from banging on those pots and pans. Come on, son. Let's go to Mass. Your father needs our prayers. Katie gathered up the children and headed out toward church, leaving Michael standing alone in the room. Katie was praying at Mass when she felt someone standing next to her. It was a clean-shaven Michael. I'm truly sorry, Katie. I know, she said as he, she touched his hand. From that day on, he and Katie had an understanding. When Michael got drunk, he knew not to come home until he had sobered up. It wasn't their last fight they had over his drinking, but it was the most important. Tenement life was hard. Sickness, injury, and even death were common occurrences. Summers were always hot and muggy. If you're lucky and rich, you went to your summer home on the Cape. If you were poor, you simply dealt with it the best you could. The, per the worst part wasn't the heat, it was the flies, which would be everywhere. They came as if by magic on the first hot day in May and didn't leave until first frost. The more you swatted them, the more they seemed to come. Feasting on garbage on the sidewalks and the horses manure on the streets. Being inside was no better. You couldn't keep the windows open because of the flies, but if you kept them closed, then the tenement was like an oven. Fall, which was Michael's favorite season, would bring some relief. That relief would be short, as the arrival of winter would bring intense cold, which was seeped through the cracks in the building. Heat in most buildings was erratic at best and non-existent at worst. Heat cost money, and many landlords were not willing to pay for it. Newer immigrants, especially those from rural areas, would light small fires in their places trying to keep warm, only to fall asleep and set fires to whole buildings. Michael knew more than a few men who had left a pub less than a block from home, only to be found frozen to death in snowbanks the next morning, only feet from their destinations. Michael realized he had been lucky that he wasn't one of them. He did believe he had a guardian angel watching over him. A rather fickled one, but still a guardian angel. Winter also brought hunger as the work on the docks trickled to a stop, which meant no money to buy f the little food available in the market. There were times when both Michael and Katie went without food to make sure their children were fed. The spring rains would come and the streets would become rivers of mud, making travel by wagon next to, next to impossible. 
They would become stuck in mud, sometimes up to their axle. More than once, Michael had seen horses being shot because the driver couldn't free it from the mud. Then the summer would come and the cycle would start again. Sean's wife, Patricia, had helped Katie get her first job as a seamstress. She never said much when Sean was around, but when he was gone, she and Katie would talk, laugh, and gossip as they worked on their needlework. Katie also became good friends with Hazel. Hazel spoke with a heavy barbarian accent, so at first Katie had trouble understanding her. But it was hard not to like her. She was kind and had a great laugh, which would echo through the market on shopping day. Katie would never forget when she first met Hazel. She had been buying flour at the stall that Sean had recommended. May I have a bag of flowers? Yeah, I'll be right there. I wouldn't waste my money on that. It's more dust than flour. I told you to stay away, woman. When I see a robbery in the neighborhood, I have to tell people about it. See, come on. I know a good place to get flour as she led a confused Katie way before she knew what was happening. But, but, Katie stuttered, that's where my brother Sean told me to get dry goods. Yeah, I'm sure he did. What does a man know about shopping? Sure enough, the flower was less expensive, and the place was much cleaner, where Sha Hazel took her to. Although Hazel was five years older than Katie, they quickly became good friends. Katie learned later she had escaped with her husband Hans, the butcher, from Bavaria after a failed revolution. The market opened up early in the morning before the sun came up. The seafood section was filled with cod and haddock that the fishermen brought in from the North Sea along with lobster and clams. Farmers brought their produce in from the outlying counties. In the late spring and early summer there would be strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and early season vegetables. Summer would bring carrots, tomatoes, lettuce, peas, and other vegetables. Katie did not recognize. In the autumn, there would be cabbage, apples, beets, and potatoes. Kate learned quickly that the best time to shop, especially in the summer, was early in the morning when the market first opened. Later, when it got hotter, flies were everywhere, but especially around the seafood section and the area where the meat was being butchered. The sounds of the merchants hawking their wares and the shoppers negotiating prices mixed with the sounds of meat being chopped and the wheat being ground into flour. The first time Katie went to the market, she was overwhelmed by the noise and smell. There were people everywhere yelling, jostling, and pushing to get their, to their favorite stalls. She felt like she was in a parade and everyone else was going in the opposite direction. The only market she had ever known had been small village ones, where she knew everyone by name and they knew hers. Here she knew no one and she felt like they were yelling at her in languages she did not understand. When she went shopping for the first time with her neighbor Megan, Megan was horrified when Katie paid full price at the first stall. You have to bargain, that's what they expect, as she proceeded to buy the same item for half the price Katie had paid for it. Later, she, Hazel, and Megan would laugh about how wide-eyed and innocent Katie had been. With their help, though, Katie soon became an expert. 
She knew who to buy from and whom to avoid, which merchant would put their thumbs on the scale, and who would give her a baker dozen if she flirted a little. Hazel quickly taught her that sometimes things that might look nice on the outside could be rotten on the inside, that looks weren't everything. Everyone could tell when the times were good. The smell of meat being cooked would float on the breeze throughout the tenements. Whole chickens were cooked for Sunday dinner and the remains were used to make cold meat pies and finally the bones were used to make soup and stews for the rest of the week. Nothing was wasted. In the bad times and in the winter, all you could smell is cabbage being cooked along with potatoes.